Hey rippers, are you learning how to surf? But are you a kook or a beginner? You do know there's a big difference between the two, right? Since there's many things you can do to earn the title of being a kook, stay tuned in and listen as Coach Evan and I talk about choosing the right board for the conditions at hand. If you don't know by now, us surfers love to spot a kook. But don't stress it, because we've all kooked it at some point. But the more you know, the less you'll kook it. So strap on your leash and get ready to learn. The KookCast is here to lead you on your journey out of kookdom one episode at a time. And hopefully offer you some traction on this slippery slope between kookery and killing it. I'm your host, Coach Chris. And I'm Coach Ev. And we started the surf coaching and education program, The Surf Continuum. So uh, we got a nice email uh, just recently uh, from a killer dude, sounds like. Guy diligent in his practice. Shout out, Zach. Thanks for writing in. And uh, he's, he was asking about um, basically choosing boards and uh, what board to use and what conditions. And I think every surfer is a little different. Uh, but we'll dig in and, and talk about the way we choose our boards. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so I'll kick it off. So basically the way I'm choosing my boards is uh, shape of the wave. You know, and it's not even size really. Uh, I, think, I think that's kind of a common like relation uh, well not relation but like uh just way that people choose their boards and I, I for me it's not really so much about size especially since i'm not surfing like massive waves in which case you do need a bigger board you know but um I, like i'm looking at the shape of waves when i show up at the beach because sometimes i'll see a little knee to waist high wave that has got like a nice little pocket and stands up and it's walled up down the line and i want to shortboard it other times it's like chest to head high but since it's mushier or the the lip is not breaking you know like through the air and creating a nice pocket i'd rather ride a longer board more like a mid-length um but that's in a nutshell that's kind of how i choose my boards it's shape of the wave right yeah i would say that another thing that kind of comes into mind would be like the crowd on on hand Mm. if it's if it's say it was they were you know they were decent kind of punchy punchy waves but there's a ton of guys out even though ideally I'd want to be on like my most high performance shortboard maybe I'll I'd go with the mid length just because then I could sit out the back a little bit more and snag set waves instead of groveling with like the whole crew um, on my shortboard so just using using your your equipment to you know to your advantage in a in a crowd that's that's a huge that's a huge yeah that's that's a really good point. And I really do like being the best paddler out there, you know, or not the best, but like the fastest, you know, cause there's some outstanding shortboarder paddlers. Um, but still their equipment will hold them back. And if everybody's on a shortboard and groveling and fighting each other, you're, there's no way around it. You just got to get in the mix and fight and grovel with them. And I really don't like to do that. <laughs> yeah. Or, or vice versa, you know, say you're surfing like a longboard spot and you see that there's, like the packs just sitting on the main peak and there's a bunch of little insiders that are going unridden, then maybe you take out a, a board that's more suited for the inside, like a smaller board, like a little fish or something mm-hmm. that you could go out there and have fun and it would kind of like keep you on the inside and not not allow you to go out there and mix it up with that with that whole pack of of uh, surfers. So just, yeah, there's just definitely, that. there's nothing more annoying than being on a shortboard among longboarders, especially if it's a longboard wave, you know, I mean, so there's way like shortboarder, good shortboarders can ride, you know, pretty much any wave, Uh, maybe sometimes with more work than we are willing to do. But 
that's not always the point because a longboarder, even if someone who's half as good as a, a surfer, can just get on that wave sooner, especially, like I was just saying, if it's a longboard wave, uh, meaning right. it's, it's kind of uh, mushier or on the mushier side. Not that longboarders only ride mushy waves, but, you know, I kind of, when I imagine a longboard wave or when I hear someone say longboard wave, the first thing that comes to my mind is less critical, less steep kind of mushier you know and so right away i'm thinking to myself all right how do i compete with those guys and if either yeah ride the same board or like you said see if there's a different wave in the lineup if there's like a more of an inside wave that's not hitting the outside bar the way where the longboarders are setting up um and and like maybe a smaller wave that's kind of passing over that that section of the the beach or the lineup and coming into the inside and and turning into a little bit more of a shooter you know, walled up down the line, then that's, that's a really good strategy. Actually go for the shortboard and stay inside. Um, but yeah, like, geez, man, this, that is gotta be one of the most frustrating times is being a shortboarder among longboarders on a wave that's probably more suited for a longboard. Yeah. It's kind of on you. Yeah, it really (laughs) is. Um, and what else? What else are we? Getting? How how do we choose our boards? I mean, it's... well, you surf. You probably surf a lot bigger waves than I typically do, being on the west coast, you know. And so I guess there there is a t- a point where s- the size of the wave is a factor in choosing your board, you know. And I, I I get that when I come out to the west coast, I always like having my bigger board for that very reason, not because of the crowd, not because it's just easier to paddle around. Well, that's part of it, but um. You know, just because the waves can be a lot bigger and you just want to be able to get into those waves without having to take off like directly under the ledge like you would on a shorter board. Um, right. So one thing that's coming to mind is like, OK, so we talked about the crowd. Choosing your board based on the crowd and how you can how you can garner more waves by riding the right equipment um, and and that you just brought that up. I kind of think of like almost just the conditions at hand, the, the surface conditions, you know, if it's, if it's really offshore, mm. um, you know, maybe you don't want to, maybe you're used to riding your nine, six longboard, but you have a eight foot fun board that has a lot less nose area mm. and, and it's not going to be catching the, the wind and pulling you, pushing you out the back of the wave. So just, just conditions at hand, you know offshores come to mind right away or say there's you know say it's really it's kind of choppy out there and you have the ability to either ride your super light epoxy longboard or you have more of like an old old traditional traditionally built log that's heavier and sits down in the water more and can break through that chop that's that would be something that kind of come goes through my mind as well that's a really good point. Yeah, I hadn't thought about the epoxy boards because I don't really have any, but they're so light. And I've definitely heard people who ride them complain about that, you know, um, in, in the windy or, or, you know, just more boisterous kind of conditions that it's, it's uh, a little tougher. You know, you're just kind of like featherweight out there, just getting bounced around, bucked all over the place, as opposed to kind of weighting yourself down with a heavier board. Um, hadn't thought of that. Good point. How about like you know when depending on on where you're surfing like if you're if you're surfing a nice little point break that you know you could you could just paddle out your shortboard and stick in like one spot and and there's just a known takeoff zone like right there 
then your board choice isn't as important as say you pull up to Ocean Beach and there's just this huge open open ocean and you know you're going to be dealing with these weird currents and things like that like you just want to go with as much paddling power as you possibly can right to, to be able to actually move around where you want to go uh, as opposed to being on like a, a lower volume board where you're sitting down in the water and you're basically at the mercy of the ocean mm -hmm. um, being pushed all around the lineup or, or actually not being able to go and find the waves that you want because you don't have the paddling power that you need. Yep. That. That's, that's such a good point. And, and like one thing I noticed, like, again, I'm just saying it again, but like, so I don't surf big waves all that often. And when I finally do get the opportunity, one of the, one of the things I realize is how much bigger the playing field is. So, you know, you, you're not just paddling 10 yards to get to the peak anymore. Now you see peaks coming for, I don't know, hundreds of yards from the outside and it's a good wave and you can totally get to it if you start paddling now, but you're talking about a distance of like 50 to a hundred yards to get in position for that wave versus, you know, when it's smaller and everything's more consolidated in the lineup. So again, just for that reason, just positioning, you need bigger boards and, and, but more paddling power. Um, and, and I was, it's funny because so this one day in, uh, when hurricane Maria hit, uh, the East coast and it, we got some of the biggest waves I've ever surfed on long Island. Um, I was on my seven, six cause I knew I would need that paddling power and I need to be able to move around the lineup. But it was so funny because so that's uh, the seven, six got me where I wanted to be. But once I was actually dropping into the wave, then I wanted less board, you know, mm -hmm. it was like once I finally got where I wanted and caught the wave, then I wanted a less board. But the thing is, that's all surfing. Positioning and catching the wave, that's all a part of surfing. So if you can't do those things with the board you're on, you're not going to be surfing. So there's always going to be a little bit of a compromise too, um, you know, when you choose that bigger board. And that's ultimately, that's like the big chase in surfing, I guess. And that's why there's the debate and that's why there's the, the opinions and the perceptions and, and, and the, the preferences among surfers. There's no there's no rule or, you know, to what board to choose, uh, not, not a specific rule because, you know, some guys would prefer to have to paddle a little harder to get into position so that they have the feeling they have of, uh, that they want when they're dropping into the wave versus right. someone who's more like you or me, I think would prefer to just have the ease of paddling to position and getting into the wave. I know that's how I feel. I love just being able to get into position and have a nice, easy drop rather than this hairy, critical, you know, takeoff also because, you know, and, uh, and, and leading up to that kind of situation, having to paddle frantically to get there in the first place. Um, right. But then also I was just thinking while I was saying all that is that it's preferences. You have to know your quiver, you know? So I think Zach had said that he has like a 10 foot log. He's got a nine, six that sounded sort of on the performance side because he said the setup was a, a two plus one and uh and then an 8-0 so I, I would encourage zach to to ride all those boards all the time you know in any conditions get yourself on those boards so you can really start to discover the advantages of each board and what you like about each one and i think you'll notice that the 8-0 allows you to be a little bit more nimble in the lineup a little bit more agile move around fat uh not move around paddling style, but move around, like redirect yourself, sitting turns, prone turns, all of, uh, all of those kind of fundamentals are going to be much easier to execute on a shorter board. But I think in other situations, you'll find that you just want that cruisy, maybe if it's an easy lined up small wave, um, where you don't have to do a lot of 
changing and dynamic kind of fundamentals where you can just like paddle to that same peak, turn yourself around and catch the wave. Then maybe you have a cruisier section session on your, uh, your 10 footer. Um, nice. but yeah, it comes down to knowing your boards. You really have to know your equipment and, and what you like about each one. Yeah. And trying to put together, a a functional quiver, you know, have, have a 10 foot and, and try, try to space them out, try to space out the, the length and the width and, and have some have some options to choose to choose from mm. uh, in the first place. I think that's a huge uh, aspect of being a a well-rounded surfer is making sure that you have proper equipment that can allow you to go out there and have the most fun on on any given day when any given uh, conditions, any given crowd. Like you got you got to have some options. Yeah. For sure. And I think uh, a good way to really to learn your quiver is to ride those boards like we were just saying on the same day. So you really can get that like A-B comparison, you know, like, man, I had a lot more fun on my 8-0 because I was able to really whip it around when I needed to in the last moment or, you know, just whatever it is that you conclude. Uh, and then on another day, you'll probably feel that like strong more strongly about your 10 footer, you know, and, and you'll figure it out on your own. And this is the surfing journey, you know, is uh putting all your equipment to the test and, and figuring it out for yourself because there is no answer. You know, there is no, um, ride your 10 footer on this day, ride the nine, six on this day and the eight on these days, you know, you, you pull out the boards ba based on what you know about them in your own experiences with them. Yep. Well, that's pretty good. I mean, do you got anything else to add to that? Choosing boards? Um, trying to think. I, th I, th I feel like that's pretty solid covering of, of basis basics. Um, when choosing what you need uh, on the yeah, day. Yeah, so. notice the crowd, notice the shape of the waves, notice the size of the waves, notice the conditions, whether choppy or strong offshore. And also uh, speaking to conditions, um, like how much water is moving or how many, how, are the peaks spread out and uh, coming in at random or are they very focused and very clear where they are? Um, and where you need to be to catch them. You, all of these are factors that go through our head when we're going into the back of our trucks and, and picking out a board we want to ride. Yes, indeed. Well done, Coach Chris. Thanks, Coach. Uh, yeah, so if you guys are not subscribed to the Coopcast, head on over to iTunes or your favorite podcast directory and subscribe. While you're there, you can rate and review. And uh, keep the emails coming. We love not having to think up of our next topic. <laughs> it's so much easier to just uh, sit down, outline it. And this is what we love to do. This is why we started this podcast. Is because we're talking about this stuff anyway. So ask us, ask us what you want to talk, what you want to hear, and, uh, and we'll talk about it. No problem. We love it. Right on, you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Woo woo.